The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hanyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good to have you join us. Employers in Guangdong Province have set up job posts that are "quote unquote" mother-oriented, which are flexible jobs with flexible working hours. We discuss how these jobs could be a win-win for all stakeholders involved. And in the latest effort to promote Hangzhou cuisine. The local government is handing out cash awards alongside a whole host of carefully crafted measures. How big a draw is food for a city? For today's program, I'm joined by Huang Shen and Ding Hung in the studio. First on today's show. Deciding to stay home for the family is a big decision, and returning to work after being a stay-at-home parent can feel like quite the transition. Let's face it: the overwhelming majority of stay-at-home parents are women, and it's the mom who gives birth. Therefore, for her, without choice, she has to deal with returning to the workforce after a maternity break to attract more workers on the factory. Floor, China's manufacturing hub has tailored posts for working moms, which in turn has also helped many mothers re-enter the workforce. Recently, China's southern city of Zhongshan, Guangdong Province, has launched an employment program for stay-at-home mothers, helping more women with flexible employment near their homes. And this term, mother-oriented job posts, is gaining some discussion online. So let's take a look at what's going on with、uh, moms returning to the workforce and hear what I find to be kind of new light on the same social phenomenon. Is this is looking at manufacturing jobs? Yeah. So in Chinese, this term is named "mama gang." So the introduction of posts for moms is designed to help women balance work and family.、Uh, now, in many factories in Guangdong Province, they are facing labor shortages and mounting parenting. Burdens of female workers.、Uh, so, as a result, many companies or factories in the province they have launched posts for stay-at-home or full-time moms with more flexible working schedules. 
but the same work content, labor security and welfare.、Um, an official from the Human Resources and Social Security Department of Zhongshan City of Guangdong Province said they are figuring out positions and jobs, and over the years they want to encourage companies or factories in the province in the city to establish such posts that are tailored for mothers who are still at working age and have children age. Twelve and below,、uh, we can use a foreign trade company in Zhongshan City as an example. Back in 2019, the company's、uh, managers visited its nearby villages and found many local housewives. They were willing to work on the assembly lines. However,、uh, we know that the traditional working model of production lines disrupts their family life. After some targeted adjustments on production lines, the company set up、uh, the posts for working moms for the villagers, where they can be involved in simple production processes.、Uh, currently, one third of the company's employees are on this post. So apparently, many female employees they welcome this move, and、uh, other people are saying, "Oh, maybe we should introduce such posts." To a wider scenario, which can allow、uh, women after giving birth, they can have a work and life balance. Yeah, so it's really interesting that uh, it's uh, it, it, this particular case we're talking about here. It involves the manufacturing industry. That's、mm-hmm. that's something worth mentioning, I think,、yes. because when we talk about like manufacturing or assembly work, this kind of job opportunities or responsibilities. More often than not, they were they would require their workers to be、uh, to be fixed on that position, working, working, producing things, rather than like those、uh, white collar service or information technology oriented kind of work, where more schedule, more flexible work schedule is actually allowed. Uh, increasingly allowed in nowadays, right? But this is usually not the case with regard to the manufacturing sector. So,、uh, so really, on this particular case, I would give a huge、uh, praise and applaud to the local, you know,、uh, corporate managers for their wisdom involved in, in making this happen. This is really, really important. And yeah, the one thing to highlight is that. Like like Huangshan mentioned, this company, according to the field research it has conducted, actually found many women are willing to work. So for these women, they are willing. the The willingness is very important in their minds, in their mindset. You know, they 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 need to seek or pursue a sense of fulfillment by involving themselves socially and in a, in a kind of a normal working environment rather than. Simply focusing on family affairs,、it's- right, and and also、um, not to put it any lightly, family affairs. If you are stuck, no, I mean if you are a stay-at-home parent and you're home twenty-four hours around the clock, pretty much, except for maybe getting groceries or pushing the baby to a park or. I can't、yeah. really imagine、um, the everyday tasks that the person needs to do, but it's. Daunting as well, and it's emotionally draining as well. And there is this preconception of possibly this person, stay-at-home parent, most likely it's a mother,、um, is 
living quite comfortably, and you know she doesn't really have to compete in the fierce job、uh, workplace. Then life could be easy. It's not like that. That is a stereotype. I think that's so. Wrong, because、yeah. when you're at home and if you need to handle a baby or the kids growing up or you have two to handle, if more, I don't know how one without help can you know wrap your head around all that stuff as a working woman. So I, I have huge respect for those who. Decide to pick up the slack like that at home, and it's no easy job. So let's just put it out there like that. But with this interesting arrangement, which is, I believe, possibly the beginning of many more that we take as an example in Guangdong Province, it actually is a win-win for everybody. It makes the company happy, the women who are looking for jobs but struggling to get the door open to them once again, and everybody else apparently are satisfied. So walk us through how that could be. Yeah, so we can start with the working moms. So many people may think how you can achieve that, like by squeezing your、uh, working hours from ten maybe to eight hours、uh, in a factory. Uh, setup. So many, very likely for many of them, they are allowed to get off work around 4:30. So it's the perfect time for the working moms to return home and maybe picking up their kids or preparing food for their children. So for working moms, they can have a balance between work and family. And for many people who are willing to take this. Post.、Uh, they also need to be prepared to help each other, cause very likely there are some emergencies in need of temporary leave, and、uh, the company also trains part of the staff to fit various positions,、uh, which means whenever. Mothers ask for days off. Relevant, competent staff they can help complete their work on time, which means they will help each other. And people who are decided to、uh, take the、uh, mother-oriented post uh, after uh, they are recruited, so they will receive some、uh, trainings in different fields, trying to make sure they are familiar with everything and every procedures in this factory. And which means when someone is taking an emergency leave, then other people can catch up.、Uh, the other one is for. The employer. So maybe people may think, okay, so by offering a flexible working model to the moms,、uh, maybe the company is doing a big favor to the moms. However, they can receive benefits as well. One thing is that these moms they're super hardworking, and they can guarantee they can、uh, maintain and. And、uh, they can maintain the productivity and trying to provide the best quality products. So it will definitely satisfy the employers. And also, as as the beginning, I mentioned for many factories, and they are facing the shortage of labor force. So with the moms entering the workforce, it will solve that talent gap.、Uh, what's more is that if your factory. Or your company is providing jobs to full-time or stay-at-home moms. You can receive 
financial uh, subsidies、mm. from your local government. So very likely, if you are offering jobs to a mom who is、uh, working at home, then、uh, to help participating enterprises reduce labor cost, the city. Zhongshan City, I mean,、uh, grants each company a subsidy of 400 yuan or 58 U.S. dollars each month for hiring one stay-at-home mother who is at working age and has a child age 12 and below. So everyone will feel happy in this regard. And for the city, when you have a well-functioned、uh, company or factory, that it will bring in economic benefits to. The general development of your city, so everyone who's involved in this campaign will feel happy because you can get what you want. So it sounds like it's a creating a positive cycle, and when you really drill it down to the bottom of it, then it's the government. Starting this cycle,、mm, so、yeah. with these kind of changes in the workplace, you can't rely. Always on the goodness of heart. Oh, this company has a sense of social responsibility. Therefore, it does this and that. Sometimes to get the ball rolling, maybe having the government involved is is a good way to start it. Yeah, indeed. Set things in motion. Yeah, yeah indeed. Especially here in the Chinese, you know,、uh, governance context, it's really the government. It really takes a lot of、uh, initiative. Initiating a lot of things, great things happening—that's for sure. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I mean, this is going to be a win-win deal because、um, I think the monitoring data from these、uh, manufacturers or corporations have shown that you know mothers,、uh, working mothers, eight-hour work can produce the same capacity as the ten-hour efforts of other workers in the factory.、Wow. So. That's it's it's amazing. Super hardworking. I hope these ladies aren't overworked as well. I mean, <laughs> I, I, maybe、uh, I'm that's thinking that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, right. Because when they return home, if grandparents don't help out, if she doesn't have the necessary assistance or whatnot, then just that's bearing two full time jobs. How does one survive that? Maybe I'm thinking too much, you know, but、mm. I, I do have this kind of concern because maybe she feels like she really needs to prove herself at work. Because it, it, it's 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 complicated <laughs> being a woman and being a working mom. I would imagine because、mm. yeah, there there are a lot of things that we consider just so that we fit in, we stand out, we do the job well, and to keep the job because. It's not always a friendly hiring environment for、mm. for women in in that sense. Yeah, but on the other hand, I kind of feel like this kind of um, yeah. Of course, I really appreciate their working spirit, but、uh, at the end of the day, it will give them give these ladies a greater leverage in the internal family affairs, like um. When they have disagreement or disputes with their husbands or other family members, they can say proudly, "Look." I work. I contribute financially equally as you did, and I also take care of the babies. You just shut up. Let me do the business. <laughs> Put 
a sock in it. <laughs> yeah. Huang Shen, what do you think? Yeah, nowadays I think people's interpretation of a housewife is changing. Maybe in the past, many people assume that, well, being a housewife could be an easy job. You don't need to be worried about the super tight work schedule. You don't need to、uh, be overwhelmed by the intensity of the competition at work. But nowadays, many people can. Agree on the fact that being a housewife sometimes it is a thankless job because being a housewife you don't really have appreciation from your boss or I don't know who is your boss and very likely you have no bonuses, no promotion and when it's public holiday it could be your business trip because you have to bring your kids and together with your husband on a family trip. I don't really think it's a pleasant time, but more. More likely, it could be a business trip for you, and sometimes you have to work all day long, from the time your eyes open in the morning to the moment they shut wearily at night. So, for many people, being a housewife is no longer an easy job, or to begin with, it is not an easy job.、Um, so. Many for many women, they would like to change the scenario a little bit. They don't want to be a full-time mom. They want to have their own career, and they want to realize their self-worth and trying to,、uh, you know, keep realizing their dreams to to materialize their visions. And on the other hand, many women they are returning to the workforce not only because of this,、uh, you know, pursues. Uh, some of them they have to do it due to financial burden, and、uh, they have to support a family as well because raising a kid could be quite expensive in some cities. So if one person's earning is not enough to support the whole family, guess what? Women have to go out and work as well.、Right. So in this regard, very likely both people in the family—I mean the grown-ups—they have to have. Jobs to support the well function of the family. Yeah, that's a really valid point. There are some women out there. I would imagine,、um, maybe their live stream is to become a stay-at-home parent, and we fully respect that. But there are also many, many other families out there who simply cannot support this kind of arrangement, like Huang Shen just mentioned. And also, if this person is deciding, then, well, after giving birth and maybe child rearing for a few years or, or or less, and then wants to go back into the workplace and pursue a full time job, or in this. Uh, story by the sound of it, it's more like flexible working jobs or maybe part-time jobs. Then it's probably a necessary move. And just look at the family financial situation, as well as if I may raise the point that、um, there is a good possibility, a probability that we're gonna live pretty long lives, considering the life expectancy. In growth in China,、mm. so therefore, and with that comes the increasingly possible、um, postponed retirement age, and then with X amount of years ahead of you, how many people can afford to stay at home and not go out to work, or you know, 
there's the financial side of things, and there's also the self fulfillment side of things. And、mm-hmm. I suspect for a lot of people out there, it's just many years of work one needs to contemplate. However, you are going to explore and arrange it. So, maybe that's one factor to consider、mm. when thinking about: Do you want to step back into the workforce or not? Yeah, indeed. I think that's indeed a realistic concern, and、uh, I think、uh, in a bigger picture, I think we really just cannot deny the fact that in recent years, this particular topic of full-time mother, full-time moms, has attracted more and more attention.、Um, here are some data we can take a look at,、um, according to a survey. Conducted by iMedia Consulting, the total number of full-time moms among married women in China accounted for some 12.6 percent in 2022, and in 2010, China ranked first in the World Bank's in the World Bank's、uh, measure of female labor force participation at 73. So. Um, yeah, this a twelve point six percent back in twenty twenty two is something I have a、uh, uh, skepticism about because、mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you think it's too low or too high? Yeah, it, it really depends、uh, which cities in China you are living in because if you are living in first tier cities like Beijing, Shanghai. It's 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 really difficult. Like both of you mentioned, it's really difficult to have a single parent working only.、Uh, it's financially, it's very unsustainable to support this kind of、um, arrangement. But maybe in some、uh, smaller cities、mm-hmm. where、uh, life is easier economically and financially, I guess it's 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 doable. <laughs> yeah.、Right. So. But definitely, I think there is some change here because as the country gets wealthier, as China gets wealthier overall, a growing number of families actually count on a single breadwinner. The female labor force participation rate、um, had a, a decreased actually to 59.8 by 2020, while the ratio for 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 men was around 70. So,、um, yeah, these are things we. <laughs> We need to take into account. So you're saying that, according to this one survey, though, that、uh, basically women might be taking up more roles at home then if they're not participating so much in the labor force. Because I would think that you know most people aren't trust fund kids and therefore they need to earn an income some, somewhat, somewhere, in that sense. And then if you're staying at home, then you know maybe the Man is earning the money. Well, but I mean, there could be many ways to read into、yeah. this this figure. Yeah, and、uh, besides that, so when we are talking about when、uh, the kids are reaching are entering a certain age, then very likely it's possible for the mom to go back to work、mm-hmm. if previously she was considering of being a full time mom, because we know that when the kid enters the kindergarten or well, or being around the school age, then it's still possible, and.、Um, It's actually happening that for many women, they are going back to the workforce. However, in recent years on social media, you may、uh, read some articles talking about for these、uh, full-time moms, 
when they are re-entering the workforce, how you can explain an employment gap on your resume. So this is something many uh, stay-at-home parents are struggling about because when you are facing the interview, very likely your future employer will ask, where is that blank and where did you go and why you didn't continue working in this year's time. So you have to come up with an explanation. And sometimes um, not everyone is very friendly to this excuse that like I'm just staying away from the workforce because I would like to take care of my kid. But you can also make full use of that time. Being a full-time mom is a really hard job. Um, so during that time, maybe you can think about what you want to achieve in the near future. And along the time, you can equip yourself with new skills and uh, gradually figure out what you can do. And some moms even start their site gig and trying to develop some site hustles to uh, earn some pocket money. So there are more opportunities, but still, you have to work really hard. This whole thing really just is mind-boggling to me. I just, I know this is the fact, but it's so incredibly unfair for women. There's what you mentioned, Ding Hong, earlier about yeah. the feeling that um, she has. Okay, so so if she gives birth, then one tick out off the box of oh the things that a woman needs to fulfill in her life that she needs to do. And then also she needs to earn a money that these are already two things, one extra that a man doesn't really need to worry about because no matter what, if she wants to give birth to one baby or two or whatnot, then it's that fixed amount of time that she cannot be working anyway. And then also Huang Shen mentions in the job interview, once she wants to get back into the workforce, she needs to explain to come up with the quote unquote excuse. That just, it's so infuriating to me. That's an explanation. And she had two kids. What else do you want me to explain? She is trying to build a life. And Yes, I really need to calm down. And when it comes to such issues, I think it's really important to see how can we make the workplace also conducive to female development in that sense, because you are talking about half of the population who are contemplating about this. You are talking a fixed, if not fixed, a sub substantial uh, percentage of that half of the population who will be dealing with this. So how can make them more uh, able to contribute to society, to family, to the economy? I think this is definitely a worthwhile discussion to be had. You're listening to Roundtable. We're here always for women rights and for equal rights to everybody because when she succeeds, he succeeds as well. And think about the little ones. Hopefully everybody will be happy at the end of the day. Our pursuit will be back. D-Dime, a podcast of CGTN Radio. We go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. 
You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Hua Young. I'm joined by Huang Shen and Ding Hung in the studio. Coming up, the city of Hangzhou is beefing up efforts in promoting its local cuisine. Can the standardization of foods give the dish a popularity boost? And hay fever, seasonal sniffles, and other spring allergies can make spring pretty miserable. We discuss how to manage all the sneezing, wheezing, itching, and sniffling. Our podcast listeners can find. Find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. You can send us your email or voice memo to ezfmroundtable at foxmail dot com. Your voice could be aired on the show. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion, Hangzhou, the capital city of East China's Zhejiang Province, has recently introduced a draft to encourage the development and standardization of Hangzhou-style cuisine. The raft of proposals include providing monetary incentives for contributors, encouraging Innovation of local foods, bolstering the status of signature dishes, and more. Hangzhou is one of the very beautiful and prosperous cities in China, with a rich history and culture dating back over 2,000 years, and it is also. Home to many successful companies, including Alibaba Group, one of the world's largest e-commerce companies. So, fill us in on how Hangzhou City is promoting its local cuisine as an important part of the city's identity. According to a draft, companies and institutions that lead the development of standards for Hangzhou local cuisine and have their plan approved by authorities or well recognized by the society, they will receive a reward of up to one million yuan or some one hundred forty-five thousand U.S. dollars. And Hangzhou-based food and catering businesses, they can receive incentives if they. Let's say for the first time, reach specific sales goals for local style cuisine products.、Uh, for instance, an entity that achieves annual sales of two hundred million yuan or more will receive a one million yuan reward by the local government. What's more, the draft also encourages practices of the pre-cooked dishes of some classic Hangzhou style dishes,、uh, bring innovation into the market because we know that ready meals are so. Popular among young people in the country. In terms of snacks, Hangzhou will create strong IPs such as spring rolls and Hangzhou-style soup dumplings.、Uh, they want to establish Hangzhou's distinctive cuisine landmarks and shape new brands that young people will remember, and to encourage them to share on social media, maybe even lure them into the city as part of the tourism resources. Right. So, what do you think about these raft of measures to encourage and support local cuisine? Yeah, I think at the end of at the end of the day, it's about、um, a part of a broader effort to boost、uh, the local tourism. That's my reading、mm-hmm. because.、Um, Yeah, Hangzhou has already plenty of、um, you know tourism resources like、uh, some scenic West spots, Westlake, etc., etc. It's a very、uh, historical city. It used to be the capital city of the Southern Song Dynasty、mm-hmm. more than a thousand years ago. So a lot of histories. But、um, and I think when we talk about the local cuisine. Many of them have、um, some historical stories behind them, which give them some,、um, you know, humanistic, humanity-based、um, feelings. So, 
Yeah, so this is something I think、uh, the local government is thinking about because、um, in order to create like a strong IPs or to to enhance this kind of a branding of the local cuisine or the local delicacy, really I think standardization is、um, more than often. Um, more often than not, it's a necessary thing things to do.、Okay. Think about a model like a KFC and a McDonald's. Think about Shaoxian. They're hardly、know. cuisine to me, though, <laughs> if but, I may say, in a、uh, rather highbrow way. But they have、American、a successful、cuisine. branding strategy, right? <laughs>、yeah. They have a standardization franchise.、Yeah. And here in in China, we have some local examples as well, like、uh, there's a Shaoxian cuisine from Fujian Province. So these are standardization and、uh, franchise. These are these are things. These these are very successful models, existing models to popularize a particular you know food category. Right. Before we go more in depth into the standardization process or the need of it or not,、um, my initial reaction when I saw this piece of news was, "What, Hangzhou?" You are already rich with resources <laughs> with this、uh, gastronomical tradition that everybody knows, or most people know in China. So there's a wealth of dishes, of、uh, traditions, of these things that they can work with. And where does that place? Cities such as Beijing, you know, we are. <laughs> A place that doesn't really have so many dishes to work with, and within the the confines of this country,、um, some would even call that we are a desert as such when it comes to culinary <laughs> delight. And I, I have to admit, it kind of poked me in. A sore regional pride nerve that is, you know, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. Or another way to put it, okay, let's、uh, put it in a nicer way than the Matthew effect. You know, so that the ones who have the、uh, accumulated advantage just gets even better by the sound of it. Or am I sort of pushing this a little too much? What did you guys、um, initially thought about this?、Uh, yeah.、Uh, by the way, as a as somebody who grew up in Zhejiang, where Hangzhou is the capital city,、uh, I I I'm actually a a fan of local Beijing cuisine. Oh, really? <laughs> What a comfort! What do you eat? There's、uh, a you, you know, see, you can't give Beijing, any examples. Yeah, we have Beijing hot pot, Peking duck, etc.,、oh, yeah. etc. Et yeah. These are yeah, these are good. These、yeah. are good enough. Well, for <laughs> yeah, I, I know we're not supposed to engage in this comparison game because、yeah. it doesn't benefit anybody. But when I look at this as a Beijinger, I think of you know the English, you know the the food reputation kind of precedes everything else as well. So、um, yeah, Huang Shen, you are a foodie or a food connoisseur, certainly on the team. When you、um, sort of examine the arrangement of Hangzhou,、um, do you think that、uh, Uh, do you think these are some brilliant plans that will fly? In my opinion, Hangzhou is too humble. I mean, they have so <laughs> many things to brag about in terms of their food culture. I remember when I visited Hangzhou, the dish that has fascinated me is the Westlake Water Shield Soup. So. That is a local specialty because、uh, the main ingredient in that soup is the West 
lake water shield. Um, this is、uh, mainly cooked with water shield in Westlake area and tastes very delicious as well as distinctive.、Um, so it consists of green water shield and white shredded chicken. The soup looks bright and tastes delicate and delicious.、Um, it the broth looks very clear. You may think the taste could be very simple, maybe like white that one dimension, but it's like layers of flavor. While blasting your mouth, so I think it's very rich.、Uh, but maybe I don't know. Is it because the competition is so intense in that area? Because you are surrounded by cities like Shanghai or Suzhou or other amazing places in Jiangsu and the Zhejiang provinces, and sometimes even in the Zhejiang. Province. There are other places that enjoys a great food culture. So sometimes you cannot fully define a culture without a nod to their cuisine. So if you can、uh, make full use of the beauty and the charm of your local cuisine to advertise. Your local culture. I think that is a great way to attract more、uh, tourists into your city. So I think this is a great move because you want to let more people talk about the city, talk about the food in your city. So this is the first step of a good PR campaign, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So how important is this?、Uh, is food for a city, in your opinion? Uh, it's it's really important. Uh, because uh, like we have many people like、uh, Huang Shan and and me even. You know, we are like a foodie. Like when we are choosing a particular tourism destination, like which places would I love to travel to? Local food is is really one of the most important primary considerations for for people like us. Yeah, and it's okay if you don't have local. Tourism spot to travel as long as you have local, local delicious food. That's something we are willing to pay a trip to. So, I think that's that's something.、Um, common sense tells us that is very important. But、um, I think many local governments are have realized the importance of this particular pillar as well because it's not only the Zhejiang government or the Hangzhou local government that is doing it. We have seen like Shandong Province、mm. in, in eastern China. Has introduced the 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 so-called Lu Cuisine Standard System,、yep. and the Gansu Province in northeast China plans to better guide the development of the Lanzhou、uh, beef noodle through local legislation this year. Basically, Lanzhou is the capital city of the Gansu Province, right? So these are so c- cities are are moving、uh, forward in this direction, and they have a bright future. And, <laughs> and that's when standardization becomes. A talking point, yeah. Because if you want to promote this particular cuisine from a particular place, then is it a good idea to set up a standard and there and and follow through? Which means, if that theory applies, then this dish will taste the same everywhere in that in that、uh, locality. Is that even a good idea? Yeah. So, standardization or not, is it is it a necessary move for promoting these、um, signature dishes from a particular locality? I think maybe it's good that you have a basic standard, which means you have to guarantee, let's say, the quality of the dish or the freshness of the ingredients or whatever. 
but you should also give chefs more space and freedom to play with their strength. That what makes an amazing chef, and also that's the reason why some restaurants are just better than the other ones.、Um, when we are talking about how to promote your food culture to benefit the local、uh, tourism, I think. If you're following what's going on on China's social media, you might be、uh, familiar with a very high-profile story that is the Zibo barbecue. So, <laughs> you know that's a very inspiring story because、uh, even the local government are praising the group of tech-savvy college students because they are able to achieve something the publicity department of the city of Zibo. Failed to do for many years, which is to make Zibo special barbecue go viral.、Mm-hmm. So now you can see students or tourists from the pro- other cities in a province, or even other provinces or cities. They are traveling,、uh, and they are traveling to the city just to experience the barbecue culture. So if you are familiar with Zibo、uh, barbecue, my Know that、uh, its grilled skewers offer a DIY experience, which means、um, if you are sitting in one table, that table is equipped with a very small stove、uh, that allows diners to grill their own food around the table. So usually,、um, the chefs or the restaurants will give you、uh, the food, the pre-grilled food, to about seventy to eighty percent completion, and then diners they can customize their flavor of the skewers to their liking.、Um, in this way. You can create a sense of satisfaction and enjoyment from the experience of grilling your own food, and you can put all the、um, spices based on your taste. And you can chat with your friends, enjoy the food. We know food feeds the soul, and it's a great way that the magic of food is something that can connect everyone. So this is a very uplifting story that you can use food as a name card of your city. <laughs> Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, this is a fantastic story, you know. So I think there's a、uh, much,、um, you know,、uh, inspiring experiences to be learned for other regional governments to 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 be learned from、uh, Zibo's case here. So I think when we talk about standardization, it's Um, yeah, it's good that you have a basic level of standardization, not the kind of、um, highly standard level. As compared to like、uh, McDonald's, that's probably、um, over the top. Here, I think Chinese people are are smart enough. They 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 learn from the the American model of franchise, but they have their local wisdom as well. Yeah, if we if we think about the development of other Chinese brand Chinese food brands, so. Yeah, but、uh, you know, standardization—the the benefit of standardization is that they can benefit, they they can provide a a a, a kind of a unified specification for the food. So, so the basic quality and the reputation, the safety of these、uh, food products can be guaranteed. This is very important because、uh, food security, a、uh, food food safety, safety is a、yeah. is a big issue.、So、I agree with you on that point. That I think. Making sure that everything is clean and farmed and sourced in a ideally environmentally friendly way, but also definitely in a safe manner. I think that is very important. And also,、um, you know, in the back kitchen, how the chef、uh, and sous chefs are handling the food, the materials, and then making sure that it's all clean. I think that is really important.、Um, but aside from that. 
if I may be the maverick here, I am not for standardization. Just think about this. How boring would that be if every <laughs> bowl of、um, beef noodles is supposed to have like. You know, eight piece—that's probably too too many.、Um, let's say five pieces of beef in it, and with noodles, however、mm. the length or width that is supposed to be put into that dish. If I may use beef noodles as one example,、um, isn't it also kind of about letting the chef to? Come up with something that is unique, even if he or she is working within the confines of what this dish might bear as a name. So I find that to be so much more interesting. And then, indeed, yeah, yeah. What about you guys? So, so I, I, I actually, I, I, I would agree in this particular point. I think the solution is actually partial standardization, right? <laughs> For example, here is one example we can talk about this.、Uh, Ah,、uh, Liu Zhou Luo Shifen, right? Liu Zhou snail rice noodles, which was originally produced in southern China's Guangxi, Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region. So, I think、uh, when you know when people who are not in Liu Zhou, that particular city in Guangxi. Uh, when they want to have uh, 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 this uh, snail rice noodles,、uh, right? They 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 want to access. For example, if for 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 people here in Beijing want to have want to enjoy these noodles,、uh, we uh, I think it's mo- most of the products most of the products that are available in the market locally here in Beijing or in Shanghai or any other city,、uh, these are standardized. But if you go and really visit Liu Zhou. As a tourist, you will find ah、uh, there are much more varieties compared to what you can access in in Beijing, in Shanghai, in any other city. So maybe standardization only applies to the popularization of this particular cuisine outside its、uh, original locality,、mm. right? But、uh, inside its、uh, original locality, probably we need to encourage more. Innovation and more diversification in terms of the cooking procedure, etc., etc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really think this could be very practical because how you can standardize all the dishes belong to one category, and do you really have the time to taste each bowl? Let's say of the beef noodle. So sometimes I do think you need to give the chef、um, some. Time or some space to shine because it's their creation and they will put their own twist into one bowl of noodle. That is that simple, but like it tastes different because it depends on what kinds of ingredients a chef put into that dish. And sometimes for many tourists, we want to taste that uniqueness of a restaurant. It's because sometimes I think our interest in food is more than. A meal deep. Sometimes we want to learn the culture, the history、mm. behind that bowl of food.、Um, I think it will be a great, great chance to learn local preparation techniques or just cooking styles that can shed insight into a whole other aspect of a particular region's culture. But I mean, in general, if you just want to standardize one category in a very of food in a very broad sense, that is necessary. I think because you don't want. 
other people to take advantage of your uh, intellectual property because、mm. maybe you have a basic standard of this food. But if other people they are doing it in a wrong way, it will contaminate or sabotage the image of your food. Right. I think standardization makes a lot of sense if you're talking about one chain company because there's definitely merit to that in the sense when you. Wherever you are, city-wise, country-wise, if you see the golden arches, you expect the same taste of the Big Mac, and there's a certain level of comfort that you get from it. But if we're talking about a market, then of course, different entities, players, they should be allowed to, and they they do.、Um, Have their own unique spark and shine, so to speak, and then making that your competitive edge is is fundamental in in winning this game called called、um, market competition. So, so there's that, and、mm. also there is you know when a locality wants to promote an, a certain image or a particular dish, and then. They kind of talk about should we unify standards or whatnot, and I think it's it's good to have these kind of discussions as well because, despite everything, having your unique spark, I still think is is definitely really important, and that's what can set you apart, and that's the winning strategy long term wise. Yeah, that's、um, the nature of Chinese food culture. Nicely done. <laughs> well done, Ding. All right, coming up next, how to relieve and treat your spring allergies is what we're going to talk about. Stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of roundtable with myself He Yang. I'm joined by Ding Heng and Huang Shen in the studio. Spring is a beautiful time of year when the weather starts to warm up, flowers begin to bloom, and trees start to bud. However, for many people, spring is also a time when seasonal and Allergies can be particularly irksome, triggering symptoms such as sneezing, runny nose, itchy eyes, and head congestion. And sometimes, if you have a sandstorm, then it just makes everything even worse. So let's talk about this: the causes of allergies in spring. And this is no longer only something that a very small number of people are going through right now. It's more than you might think. Uh, Guan Kai, he is the deputy chief physician of the Department of Allergic Reactions at Peking Union Medical College Hospital. According to him,、um, now the vast majority of people have the potential for intrinsic allergies,、um, and he said that. Allergies depend mainly on several factors, such as your lifestyle, living environment, and the amount of allergens present.、Uh, frequent consumption of high-calorie, low-fiber fast food, and excessively clean living environment, and if you are surrounded by a towns of like allergens, can all increase the possibility of people with varying allergic strength and weaknesses suffering symptoms. Oh yeah, and there's the airborne pollens from trees, grasses, and weeds. It's everywhere at this season, and then it's really easy to have a reaction if you're allergic to these things.、Um, so spring is 
a great time for certain things, but there are some of us who don't enjoy the outings so much. And um, are, are you one that takes notice of these sneezing and wheezing and all kinds of uncomfortable symptoms? Yeah, that's an old problem. And particularly, I guess, uh, in some of the cities where for example, air quality or air pollution is a challenge. This is probably a more um, prominent problem. And I think interestingly, when we talk about spring allergy, the cause of these uh, pollen <clears throat> allergies is often not from the colorful ornament, you know, ornamental flowers we commonly associate with spring. According according to an expert from Beijing Shijitan Hospital, trees and weeds species uh, species that may not even appear to be blossoming can be the culprits. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this so is a <laughs> yeah, good to know. You know. So. Um, what do you do then? Should I just stay indoors? <laughs> Not really. You should still enjoy the springtime because this is one of the best seasons in a year to explore uh, the gems in your city. Um, there are so many things you can protect yourself from such allergies. One thing, the really simple one, is you can put on a mask. I think that's not that hard to achieve because like, if you are uh, walking around uh, in the outdoor space, then it's better for you to put on a mask in this way. Uh, it can provide you to be affected by the allergens. Um, so we know that besides pollens, like mold spores and dust mites, they are also common triggers. So if you don't know what can cause your allergy, you can always go to the hospital to do the checkup and to figure out what is the cause or what is the trigger of your allergy. And if your body has been suffering from the symptoms of allergies, you should also visit a hospital ASAP because like you want to seek medical uh, treatment and to deal with your allergies because sometimes allergies are really serious. So my advice would be take it seriously. Yeah. Are, are you laughing at me, my friend? Because oh, we know each, each other, other too, too well. well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a something I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I did go to the hospital and go for a th thorough check oh. of a checkup of the allergen thing and I'm apparently allergic to many kinds of trees planted in Beijing and northern China so yeah it's really interesting I didn't used to be so allergic but as you grow older sometimes these things change as well and let's say yeah. if you've been to a foreign country living for a few years and then you come back and then you know that could also change things up so these days when we've got so many people um, migrating like going to different places mm -hmm. instead of just staying in your hometown all your life so yeah these things change because uh, mm. your allergic reaction sort of changes as well do you have like a final few sentences Ding Hong about this subject before we close the show okay so realistically if you want to open windows for ventilation it is recommended to do so when the pollen concentration is low and some doctors would tell us between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. the concentration of pollen is generally higher during the day oh noted <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah. So uh, if, if the worst comes to worst, yeah, like 
try to stay indoors. But there's medication that you can take. And there's also that really interesting immunotherapy, also known as desensitization therapy, that apparently can help you reduce um, the allergic reactions. And that's it for today's roundtable. We'll see you next time.